0: podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Jacob Evans, and I'm joined by your other host, Casey Clark, who is talking about his least favorite topic today. Casey, how are you doing? I am doing well. What do you mean this is my least favorite topic?
1: This is my least favorite Okay, before
0: topic. the show, you, you you told me that this thing that we're going to talk about has been
1: bothering you all week long. Oh, me, too many meetings. Yeah, too many. meetings. That, <laughs> that is definitely true. But more important than that, it's your birthday. It is We're my recording birthday. this on your birthday. That's how committed you are to this podcast. We,
0: I, I'm so committed that I'm willing
1: to record on my birthday
0: and talk about a topic that you don't like.
1: How about that? <laughs> that is that is some commitment. It's not that I don't like it. It's the excess that I don't like. So maybe we can talk about <laughs> how to avoid the excess.
0: We will. We will. And if you didn't catch it, Casey, Casey spoiled the surprise. We are, in fact, talking about meetings today. But before we talk about meetings, uh, Casey, what are we? What else are we going to be talking about this next season? This next
1: tranche of Leader Fables episodes. Next tranche. Wow, tranche. we are going deep in the lexicon. Well, we're gonna just pick some random subjects for a couple of weeks uh, that we want to talk about. They don't necessarily fit inside of a season per se, like we did in the, the first season talking about middle management or the second about the five altitudes of planning. This one's just more some interesting things we have on top of our head or some things that we're working through right now in our own careers and leadership. So it'll be a little fun. It'll be kind of ad hoc episodes. So yes, today
0: we are talking about one of my more favorite topics, one of Casey's least favorite topics and 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 that is meetings. So Real quick, we're going to kind of go over the five or so elements, four or so elements of a good meeting. I think that there are distinct attributes of meetings that, make, that can make them great or make them really terrible. Um, so the first is, I think all great meetings ought to be somewhat energizing. If you don't leave the meeting feeling better than you came in, it probably wasn't a great meeting. Uh, two, they ought to be inviting and inclusive. They ought to they gotta, you know, they gotta make. We gotta make room for people that uh, don't look like us or act like us, and and ensure that everyone uh, has a good time. They ought to be informative. So they so Casey, they just can't be fun and games all the time. They've got to be somewhat informative, and then of course they need to be celebratory. And this is something that we talked about, I think, in the first season of Leader Fables, uh, where uh, we believe Casey and I believe that it's really important to uh, celebrate successes. Um, and that can be a, a, a great component to include in meetings. So Casey, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good list. And I was thinking back in my own meeting history. I think I went through an evolution maybe about six, seven years ago in how I conduct meetings where previously it was about information. That was the goal of the meeting is that you left with a bunch of information And I noticed that those would turn into kind of admin vomits. I'll call like for bad uh, word picture there, but that people would just leave with so much, you know, I'd have five pages notes and I would feel more stressed after the meeting than when I walked into the meeting. And so I redid a rubric for my own meeting. And that was that when people left, they felt more energized and equipped to do their job. That was the simple rubric. Half of the admin could just be handled in an email but that, that when we were together as a team, we were going to capitalize on the energy that we create and the passion of what we do. I think that is a great segue into kind of the first
0: aspect, the first attribute, I believe, of a good meeting, and that is meetings ought to be energizing. So a couple of things that I found that really help energize a meeting is to consider the meeting's atmosphere. If you're meeting live live, Set up the room so it looks nice. Uh, if you're meeting virtually, maybe have a nice welcome slide up on the screen as people start joining the the meeting. In addition to that, one thing I like to do, Casey, I like to include a little bit of warm-up music. There's nothing quite like having a little bit of music to uh, encourage chit-chat and just have like a low rumble while uh, people um, get situated, come into the room, or even join the virtual meeting. I, I've used music... Uh, in, uh, in, in virtual meetings as well. Um, is this something you've tried? I like to start with a dance routine. Okay. Even better, even better, even better. Most effective.
1: No. Uh, yeah. I think the atmosphere when people come in, if it's quiet, if they don't know where to sit, if the room is too spaced out, I think that sometimes with meetings, if your room is too big, that creates a weird dynamic of people not sitting by each other and no one's talking, they're just all staring at their phones. So I, I think how you enter a meeting is, especially, and I, I think you're framing this more for big all-hands meetings, right, or or lots of people meeting, but even your small team meetings, I think it's important the atmosphere that you have and that there is, you know, that the environment is, is conducive to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. I think that even, even small
0: or big meetings, like as people have trickled in, I I tend to like to do some chit-chat and maybe to tell some off-the-hand jokes or to make fun of something that happened recently uh, in a project or that kind of thing. I think it's really important, particularly for leaders, to be somewhat personable, and I think that kind of warms people up and makes them a little more receptive to – what you're going to discuss in the meeting, what you're going to talk about in the meeting. And some some meetings are going to have some really great things to talk about, and some meetings are not going to have some great things to talk about. And I think getting people into a, a p- posture, all of us in a posture where we can receive information and, 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 and appreciate that we're all kind of in this together is really important. And one way to do that is to tell jokes, to be inviting, to have some music, to um, – I kind of encourage that. So I think having a good like maybe five minutes of chit chat before a meeting actually gets going is 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 perfectly fine. And uh I would encourage it because I think that if you uh cultivate a welcoming atmosphere, that's gonna pay dividends as the meeting
1: uh progresses. Have you found that yeah, to I be think, true, Casey? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, start with your most engaging topic always in a meeting. Um and, and whoever's kicking off the meeting should kick it off with energy. And this is where in an all hands setting, if your microphone isn't working, if you haven't figured out your slide deck is not presenting, which I can talk about slide decks and not having those in meetings. That's probably a best practice, like kill the slides uh, unless they're absolutely necessary to what you're doing. But you I've seen so many meetings where they've actually started. Well, there's there's music, there's everything going on. And then. Uh, hang on, let me get this clicker to work. Uh, oh, wait, is, is it plugged in? Oh, it's not plugged in. And just like, I could visually almost see just the energy suck in the room and everyone like, oh, great, here we go. And and even at a point where if you're presenting and that's not working, abandon it and just get into your topic anyway, because you're losing the room uh, as you do that. So yeah, I would say always start with your your most exciting topic or your most energetic speaker if you have multiple. Which is probably another tip: don't be one person up there the whole time speaking. That's a big mistake, I think.
0: Yeah, so uh, just to just to kind of highlight uh, a pro tip that that you mentioned, Casey. This is one thing I do before a big meeting. And when I say big big meeting, it's like a meeting with probably 20 or more, usually, you know, maybe 50 or more, kind of in that range. I always arrive one hour before the meeting starts. I make sure that the sound is going to work if we've got a sound system. I make sure that the slides are going to work, that the projector is set up right. Everything's ready to go. And then about 10 minutes before the meeting, if we have music, I'll turn on the music uh, so that uh, it kind of kind of tells people, hey, something's going on in here. It's kind of nice. So, yeah, the pro tip is go to, get to the meeting early. Don't be late. And always have a backup. Casey mentioned this. If your slides don't work, don't have all your your speaker notes on the slides. <laughs> yeah, have some backup notes, either on index cards or paper, you know, whatever that 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 kind of thing. It's always good, particularly because if something's going to go wrong in a meeting, it's going to go wrong. If it, if it can't go wrong, it will. Yeah, I'm. There's convinced. a great
1: book even on how to design slides called Slideology that I remember was a big one for me in my presentation, but you know just. You know the the PowerPoint deck where someone has copied a paragraph into a PowerPoint deck and then they read it to you. You know, like that, those are not things that are engaging. So back to where I'm like, do people even more excited if I, if I'm reading to them what they can look at? That's not an exciting way to present. They they're not going to come a, a, across with passion on that. So yeah, be ready and and tr- treat it like it's going to be judged because it is. You know, so it it is something where. I wouldn't go to a client meeting and not be ready. I shouldn't do it my team either, right? I should be ready and and there. And again, this is meeting twenty or more, but I'd say also for your small team meeting, you know, come with a clear agenda, be ready to present, and and we'll talk a, a little bit later about this. But then evaluate how you did, you know, and and look for areas to improve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Casey, you mentioned a topic that we should probably discuss at some point, and that is how to how to develop really engaging talks. Uh, with good visuals, good slides, and all that kind of stuff. We should we should put yeah, that on the list up for topic. maybe a follow-up
1: topic. I think we need to talk we need about that. a little that. bell or something when we have a follow-up topic. Yes. Because I have thoughts. Topic. I have lots of yes. thoughts on that. And yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I, I've done some really dumb things and some really great things. And uh, I'd be very willing to talk about both of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had a manager who I used to work for, and her biggest fear, I, we used to have these uh, big conferences where we would bring our teams in and it was a couple thousand people coming in and uh we'd have all these different breakout groups and speakers and her biggest thing was what happens if you have to go to the hospital who is going to step in and do your presentation and i just thought it was a bit overkill that we had to have a backup person for a potential hospitalization but there is something to contingency plans uh if your technology doesn't work if you're you you know if, if the person before you goes long. What are you going to cut? You know, if if you need to fill time, you know, it's about thinking through so that you, when you're in the moment, you can focus on the energy you're presenting, the message, because you've already thought through all the contingency plans ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. So step number one:
0: be super energy, create an energizing atmosphere, and start the meeting with some energy. I like to tell people why I'm excited to be here, and 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 that is normally a great segue into highlighting. The exciting agenda items that you're going to discuss during the meeting. Uh, so, yeah,
1: I, I bring that, harness that energy and tell people why you're excited,
0: I, I think is really important.
1: Are you a share the agenda at the beginning of the meeting type of person, or are you just a dive into the topic?
0: I'm a share the agenda because I think road mapping is important. I think people appreciate like understanding what what you're going to talk about but i always and again this is probably for our presentation episode i always have little surprises hidden hidden in the presentation that i don't talk about in the agenda and and that tends to keep people's attention and i find it i like surprises so i kind of like having those in the uh, that's what right. you get a car and
1: you get a car that's right because right? Right. jacob gives out cars at his meeting if you if you go so that was a promise for your next meeting that you're giving out cars.
0: Well, I, this, 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 I might
1: not ever give a meeting again. Casey, <laughs> it's over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Never doing. I agree. Like I that. agree with that. I'd actually don't even, I, I mean, the agenda probably should have gone out before, you know, but sometimes in an all hands meeting, it's, it's not really about that. There's some reveals, you know, there's some different things that, that you have, but anything you can do to surprise and excite, I, I think are good things in those all hands meetings. But also, there's got to be some substance to it. If it's it's just all a hype show, you know, people see through that. But but I at least start with some hype, I think.
0: So the next aspect uh, of a really great meeting, I think, is that it is inviting and inclusive. And by that, I mean, I think one like really simple thing about inviting and inclusive is that the meeting is scheduled well in advance, particularly for a large meeting. I've... I've had this happen to me where I'm like, oh, we need to have a meeting. We need to get everyone together. This is super exciting, and let's do it tomorrow. And we did it tomorrow, and the problem was not everyone could come, and it was not as exciting or as motivating as it could have been because the room wasn't as full as it could have been. And uh, (laughs) I think it's really important to give people a heads up when there's a big meeting coming. And uh, and one nice thing about that is if you schedule it well in advance – it kind of gives you a nice deadline as someone coordinating these meetings to get everything together by that date, and it won't and it'll it won't seem as rushed um, or rushed at all if uh, that date is is out there. And and again, the goal here is to include as many people as we can in our in our meetings. So getting getting what's, a date out there. What's the lead early, time then? What's I, your what's your rule of thumb? I I, I say between three and four weeks. Uh, for a big meeting. If it's if it's like a regular staff meeting, obviously those those tend to be recurring. But uh, yeah, for big, like all hands meeting, you got to give people at least three or four weeks. And if you've got a hybrid where you've got office folks, maybe folks co-located together and then remote folks, make sure that um, you set up the, the web conferencing and all that kind of stuff ahead of time so that people know how to get in and, and join the meeting
1: if they're remote. I think that's a good call out because a meeting with remote and in-person is different than an in-person meeting. And it's different than a fully remote meeting. Like those are three different uh, skill sets to achieve and the way you handle things. Cause I've been to, you know, we're, we're mainly remote at the company I work with and there'll be different meetings where some people are in person and then some people are online. And there's some real mistakes you can make to alienate one audience or the other. And I was in a meeting the other week where there were like some jokes that were happening in the meeting uh, with like 20 people in a meeting and then maybe 50 people online. But the people online couldn't even hear what was happening because the mics weren't you know, set correctly or the, uh, the room was too big. So the people uh, that were there in person were talking so loud uh, to try to make sure the rest of their group could hear them. But online it was like, it was, it was amplified big. T- when someone online spoke, it was like the voice of God is like, Excuse me, I have a follow, you know, you're like, "Oh my gosh, my ears." Um, so you, you got to think through all those things if depending on who where your audience is. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I did when I was doing the sort of hybrid meetings
0: is I would um nowadays it's mostly all virtual, but I would record the meeting and then I'd go back and kind of listen to it and I would normally identify like sound issues or hey this this didn't work real well for remote folks and uh, that gave me an opportunity to kind of refine uh, future meetings so yeah take always take the opportunity to kind of uh, understand <laughs> the because uh, normally the folks that are not co-located together they tend to suffer so yeah. I, I think it's really important to try to understand you know what their experience is uh, so that you know
1: we can improve it right yeah, I think that's that's really smart, and um, th- there's nothing wrong with practicing. And I think that's what sometimes people leave off of the. They spend a lot of time on the agenda. They build out their presentation. Um, maybe they send out the you know different show flows of of what's going to happen, and then they show up, and you can tell it's the first time that the words have came out of their mouth, and it's not clear. And I actually, had this this week. I had this really important message to give, and. I had wrote out all my points, but I never got to where I just practiced even with myself. And so then the um bug, you know, pops in and, and you wish you would have said something a little differently. So I I think, uh, your point of like people rehearsing it and practicing, you know, you wouldn't, if you're a professional basketball player, you, you, you wouldn't have warmed up prior to the game, right? You got to warm up so that you're ready to go.
0: Yeah, I worked with uh, SVP of Sales, and he was a fantastic speaker. Fantastic, and I always hated going after him because I always <laughs> felt like every anything I was going to say was going to sound less eloquent, less put together, less you know uh, charismatic than than his talk or than you know what what his spiel that he he, he gave before mine. One day, uh, I had to ask him a question or something, and I and I and I happened into his office. And like most offices, there's like a glass window, so you can kind of see in before you you walk mm-hmm. in. And uh, I noticed that he had like some notes in his hand, and he was talking out loud. But there was no one else in the room. The phone wasn't on, and uh, and he had an all hands meeting coming up. And uh, he, in fact, was rehearsing for his all hands meeting in his office. And uh, I thought that was brilliant. I, I I took a page out of his playbook ever since. And I have determined to rehearse for almost every sort of important meeting, uh, big, small, everything in between uh, since. And I found that when I do that, I come off a lot more confident. It sounds a little bit better. And yep. like you said, Casey, I don't do the ums and buts and uh, talk about coconuts quite so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really true. And, and the other side of that is... Once you have completed these meetings, often you've recorded them, go and watch yourself. It is the number one thing that when I'm talking to people about meetings or presenting, that they're always surprised that I would give them the tip to go listen to themselves or go watch their last presentation. It is instant what you need to work on when you watch. And you watch multiple, you can see themes, you can see trends, things you can work on. You should always do some post game analysis after you've completed it, and luckily, the you know online meetings recordings have made this a lot easier than it used to be in the past, where you had to hope that someone had a recorder or something, or carry a recorder with you. Now, most meetings you have the ability to do this. Yeah, one other thing I'll I'll just mention
0: in case you kind of alluded this, and we probably ought to do a whole other episode on this. Uh, as it's related to presenting but one thing i also found is not to write out or it's best to not write out word for word exactly what i'm going to say or would like to say instead i just put like four or five words down on a on an outline that'll jog my memory and i found that that helps my words be a little sound a little more extemporaneous they're not as they don't sound as like oh and today we are going to talk about it. it's like it's very uh it sounds more natural and i think. Yeah, That helps people hear what I'm saying. And and again, you know, that's kind of the goal of these meetings is to communicate and we communicate a lot of different things, but we want people to hear them, hear what we're saying. Right. And
1: to do that, um, we, we've got to sound not that rehearsed. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. So I, I do kind of a similar thing. I'll write my intro because I think that's a lot where I can, I'm so excited about what I'm going to share that sometimes I'll jumble the intro and then I'll write my outro. I'll write that the beginning and the end. I'll probably write the first sentence or two of those. And then anything that needs to be very precise in my language, I'll write that out and then bullet points for the rest. And then I find when I get up there, I generally don't even look at it like other than a quick jog. But the act of writing it out has forced me to think about how I'm going to say it. And then I've practiced it but once I get up there, I, I I almost get a little overwhelmed by the situation. So then I just then it's just going off of uh you know adrenaline at that point. But having done that, and then if I'm really lost, I can go back and look at the note uh, there as well. So I, I, I kind of do a hybrid approach of what you do there. Yeah,
0: that's that, uh, that's brilliant. I get lost too sometimes when I talk, and uh, having the notes there is really helpful. Like, oh okay, yep. and and sometimes just taking a nice little pregnant pause, like gets people to kind of like, oh, what's he going to say next? And they don't even know you've lost
1: your place. Yeah, you could listen to it on our podcast. Listen to like NPR or audio documentaries where they'll insert a splice of music, which gives people's brains a minute to reset. That's that's why they do that. And, you know, same thing in your your talk. If you're not giving any breaks, if you're monotone the whole time or if you're excited the whole time, like it's hard for people to track. They got to be able to go with you. The, the, the one other thing, the trick that I learned from a really good public speaker is the most important point that I need to make, have that on a three by five card. And even if I do get lost, I'll even say the one thing that I want you to leave with today is so important that I actually wrote it down on this card and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read it. It's it's like a trick, you know, like, uh, and you almost, you're a little more vulnerable at that point. And you can say like this, is I've at least hit the message I needed to hit before this thing is over. Oh, I'm going to steal that. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. I think one other aspect, and you, 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 you mentioned this or
0: alluded to this, Casey. I think one other sort of aspect of being invited, inviting and inclusive is inviting other leaders or other folks on your team to share and present at in meetings, both big and small, big, small, big and small meetings. Uh, I think people like, I, I mean, the Jacob Show and maybe the Casey, Casey Show is pretty good, but I think having a variety of voices and opinions and is really important, and I think that it can really help a meeting. Even, even if it's a topic that you feel very comfortable and very conversant in, I I really like trying to get other people to talk about those things um, because other and one other nice thing is that not only does it kind of mix up the meeting a little bit so that you know folks are not just listening to one person for an, an entire you know thirty minutes or an hour or whatever it is. They're, they're hearing different voices and it gives other people to kind of sharpen the opportunity to sharpen their speaking
1: and presenting skills. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And just the, I would say, look for diversity in the the folks that are speaking as well. If, you know, if you have another person on your team that presents like you and looks like you, like it might be a better idea to, to expand the circle, to get a different type of voice or add some uh diverse thought or even diversity of a person up there to present, um it will give you a more rounded uh you know, more rounded meeting for sure.
0: Now I know this has probably happened to you, Casey, where you've sat into a meeting and the meeting sounded like it was all about the leader that was speaking. Like they were talking about <laughs> their accomplishments and how wonderful they are. And they they told sort no, of like navel gazing of kind of jokes and no, they're walking they, out. Uh, you're walking Rage. out. Well, sometimes Rage. I've had to suffer through these <laughs> these meetings. Uh, where they, they you know, it wasn't like all bad, but there was definitely a, a more of a focus on the person speaking than the yeah. people hearing what what that person was saying. And uh, I, one of the things that I've really tried to do in meetings is make the meetings all about the people in the seats. It's all yeah. about them. If if you talk about accomplishments, talk about their accomplishments. If you're right. going to talk about successes, talk about their successes. If you're going to
1: talk about failures, talk about our failures. <laughs> their failures. I'm going to talk about your failures <laughs> today. <laughs> no, I love that. It's it's the whiff em, right? Like answering the, right. what's in it for me uh, in this. And I think the other part is in the what's in it for me is what can they realistically retain from what you're saying? And I I mean, the evidence on this is really clear. People don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. That's right. And so I think that is as important as the topic that you're giving. And so every time I put an agenda together, then I'm like, okay, I could probably actually do about a 10th of this um, that I think I can do. And I should dive deeper onto that one point and Someone else should speak to it, and then someone else, and then we should find a creative way to come at it. We're going to put a video in. You know, um, you probably really have one key message that you're going to get across in a meeting like this. One other sort of pro tip about inviting an
0: inclusive is I, I did this meeting once where I invited the CEO to come talk. We had some technical presentations in the meeting, um, and and the CEO was like going after these technical presentations. And one of the guys that was doing a technical presentation, he was kind of going a long time, and- <laughs> Uh, it was getting a little boring, and the CEO turns to me and goes, hey, "How much longer is this going to take?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do something about it." And, and then I get a text message, and it's and this was someone on the remote side. They're like, "Um, you should mute the mics." When... <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you could <can> hear. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, uh, great. pro tip: just you know, when people aren't talking, mute the other mics. That, that's probably a good practice. Um, and, and if you do have someone going long, don't feel uh, – and, and you kind of need to move the meeting along and you're the kind of MC person. Uh, this is what I do. I'll get up and stand next to the person. If that doesn't work, <laughs> I'll like put my arm around them. And then I'll Brooks say, City "Oh, that's alone. a great, great job, everyone! Give you know, just kind of move it along. Just kind, of, just start clapping. Just start, <laughs> just start clapping. Move it along. And then, you know, people are people. They, they they'll they'll get it eventually. They're like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah.
1: It, we can't have the meeting go on forever. I bring a hook that I can pull. You oh, know, there you I, go. I, there I you walk go. around with an orchestra and I just have them start playing, you know, the music like at a, a award show." <laughs> No, I think that's good. And I, I think the best place for the leader of the team to be is generally the MC of the meeting. And the MC should be skilled in how to deal with, you know, these different things of, of things like even coming up and being like, hey, this is such great information. There's five minutes left. What is the la What is the most important thing you want the group to get? You know, before before you go, what's on your card? You know, if they created a card, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Moving them along. I think one other thing I just add and uh, most of this focused on all hands, but even in your smaller meeting, part of being inclusive in those meetings is making space to hear from people that aren't naturally going to speak in a group environment. Um, I know this with my wife is a good example. Like she will, she will not speak even if she has the best idea to give, like you have to make room for that to happen for her to be there. And so I, I would I would make sure that you are making room if you're facilitating even a smaller meeting where you want interaction, um, calling people out like, hey, uh, Jacob, we haven't heard from you on this. What, what do you think? Or um, even um, the other part of this is doing less brainstorming. And it sounds so weird to say that, but I think brainstorming contributes to group think because it's generally the loudest person in the room is going to start to talk and they're going to actually convince people against the idea. So if there's things you can do where you're capturing what people are thinking before everyone is saying it, that is an inclusive technique. Hey, we have this decision to make. I think it'd be a good exercise. Everyone just write down one thing to consider in this, on this Post-it note, on this three by five card. Now pass them in. Okay, I'm gonna read through these and let's go through and then we're gonna ask you to elaborate. So then you've captured the thinking before the debate happened. So that you, it's not someone's wanting to say something, but they're just not brave enough to speak up. Or they're just, their personality is such that they're, they're not going to interject or they're not going to interrupt. Like, like I'm very comfortable interrupting you. You're less comfortable interrupting me.
0: (laughs) That's one thing I found with brainstorming meetings particularly is when I'm running a brainstorming meeting, I I typically will squash debate. Like we're, we're going for breadth of ideas. We're not going to dig into any one of these ideas. We're going to s- sit with them for a bit, but we're not going to debate them. We're not going to like talk about the merits of them. We're just we're going we're we're going for breadth. and uh, that yep. that tends to help uh, people that feel sometimes like, well, that my ideas are going to get attacked, you know, that kind of thing. They'll be more inclined, I think, to share. But I I agree with you, like giving people space to just write down their ideas and then maybe put them up on the whiteboard and yep. and and then dig into them. That that's a that that's another great way to uh, conduct brainstorming. That's very inviting and, 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 and inclusive, I think.
1: Yeah. And a little less freaky too, to write Mm -hmm. it down versus have to verbalize it, uh, to the group. I think then if, if there is an idea that then you want to dive into, you want to have a debate on set a separate meeting for that. We are here to debate this topic now. Uh, and, and again, what can I do to capture thinking before it's verbalized? Uh, everyone, uh, write a pro and con on this, and then we're going to go through it, you know, that type of thing. So, Casey, I want to take a quick digression and talk
0: briefly about how you run virtual meetings or best practices that you've developed uh, to running virtual meetings. Now, many of us nowadays do a lot of virtual meetings, and Casey's probably the king of virtual yeah. meetings. He's, <laughs> he's worked in the virtual world or virtual meeting world for a very long time. So I wanted to give you a little bit of space in in this episode of Leader Fables, Casey, <laughs> to talk about like how to make a
1: virtual meeting the best meeting. Look at you model what we're teaching. It's so impressive. Yeah, I've been doing virtual meetings for at least the last decade, probably even uh, more than that. I have a remote team. Everyone that's on my team is remote, and so everything we do is virtual. We get together every once in a while, but there's a couple things that I've uh, teased out over the years. I'll say some of these are maybe a little controversial. I would say some people on my team may not like some of these stances, so uh, and there's there's some interesting thought leadership debate happening on a couple of those. I'll say it with the very first one, I think there's some new debate on this. Uh, and the prevailing winds is not what I agree with, but it's that I really think people should be on camera when you're doing a virtual meeting. And um, I know there's a lot of uh, one uh, thought leader, Adam Grant, who I really like, is like talks a lot about Zoom fatigue and let people turn off their cameras. It's okay, but I I just the 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 practitioner in me knows what happens when people turn off the camera is they also turn off the interest and they turn off uh they turn off the focus and they start multitasking is what I've seen a lot. And I've I've have a radar for when people are multitasking and meetings on online. Like you can see where their eyes are, you can see if they're looking off to their second monitor and 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 most of the time I don't care if people are are multitasking a little, but if someone's completely checked out of the meeting What's the point of having it? And you wouldn't go to an in-person meeting and then turn your chair around backwards so that no one could see you. Right. So I am a big, big believer in turning on cameras. And, and in fact, if I'm in a meeting with someone virtually, I'll be like, Hey, can you turn on your camera? I'd, I'd love to see, cause I, I want to see your reaction. You know, a, a lot of how we can uh, process things when we're speakers is to actually look at people's faces and impressions and, and, it's not the only thing, and sometimes it can be misleading, but it is an important thing. And I'll say the second, my pet peeve, which I'm not a stickler on, is I hate fake backgrounds. You know, people put the fake me too, backgrounds me up too. on, oh, I'm working in Central Park today, or, you know, I, just, I roll. roll, I roll, I roll. What are you hiding back there, Jacob? Is there a dead body behind you? That's what I want to know. It's funny if you could see Jacob's organizing his office today, so it looks like a tornado. Uh, Super with, tornado was, just <laughs> went through my- uh my study here <laughs> Eddie did it and he didn't uh put a fake background yeah. up, so i appreciate it i do that so i think that's one thing and then the second would be double the amount of relational time that you would as in an in-person meeting so i know it drives my team crazy but i just will not let the agenda roll right out the bat like we're gonna talk we're gonna chat what's going on with you hey is that your cat i haven't seen your cat in a while like what, what's up with mr fluffy there you know um, I think it's even more important because you don't have those in-person connections that you spend a lot of relational time together. Um, and, and you can have some fun with this. Like we've done lots of things. Like we, uh, we did like a, a pimp my office, you know, thing where it was like, uh, someone's showing us the oh, their really office cool. or yeah. Or cri- we called it uh WGU cribs where I worked. And so people would like take us around their house and show us, you know, like, People are fascinated by how they set up offices, or at least I'm fascinated oh, I'm, by how yeah, people set up their yeah, offices. We both have a friend who I was—he I, came on camera one time, like your office is totally set up wrong. Let me tell you how to fix this office. And uh, he had glare behind him, so you couldn't see on the screen. You know all the all the rookie mistakes, but. Um, but yeah, have some fun with it. We've done animals show and tell people love to see each other's animals. Like it, like Gus, my dog is like a celebrity where I work like, Oh, is that Gus? I want to see Gus, you know? Um, so I, I think that's a good tip. Just a couple other like rapid fire. Almost every, uh, platform now has like digital breakout software included. So you can break out into smaller groups. That is a really good thing to do when you're meeting with more than 20 people you know, it's like, okay, we just covered this topic. Let's break out into groups, go deeper on this. Here's a couple prompts uh, to follow up on. And then I, I say last, uh, don't forget breaks. And this seems to be an issue with virtual meetings is people need more breaks than when you do it in person. Um, like I've been in uh, five-hour meetings where there was not one break oh all gosh. virtual. And it's wow. like, that is a war crime to me. Um, so you, I, my rule of thumb is you can't go more than an hour without a break, a uh, bio break, get some coffee break, reset your brain break. Those are just a couple things, virtual meetings for me. What about, what about for you? One thing that
0: uh, has happened to me actually a few times this week, uh, cause my daughter's been home is she's invaded my my office here and, and, and showed up on camera a couple of times. And I, I always really like it when that happens. She'll bust in like, daddy, daddy, daddy. And I'm like, Oh, just a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and don't be the jerk that freaks out. And like, you know, like, yeah, don't do, don't do that. That's back to the relational time thing. Stop the meeting and embrace the relational moment that you just got. And, How often do you get to see your coworkers kids virtually or in person? Like it's such a a fun thing, even to understand their life a little more, you know, is, is really cool things. Yeah. One colleague I was on the phone with uh,
0: this week or virtual meeting, uh, and, uh, and my daughter walked in. I'm like, Oh, we got a visitor.
1: (laughs) Why don't you meet my daughter? (laughs) What do you think about this topic? Yeah. 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 It's like free, free, uh, embrace it.
0: Embrace it. (laughs) it. Yeah. it's, It's all good. Yeah. All right. So another aspect, Casey, of I think really great meetings is that, and you touched on this, is they ought to be not exclusively, but they ought to be somewhat informative, right? Mm-hmm. So what are some what are some ways that you try to make your meetings informative, relevant? We talked about what's in it for me. Like, wh- what are some like good like meaty topics that you try to cover in your meetings that aren't you know proprietary that we can all kind of learn from? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, the common things that come up for for us is like topics of culture. Like, what is the culture at where we work? You know, what we've talked a lot about keeping the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing? How are we doing at keeping the main thing? And where do we need to improve? I, I think those are great topics. I, I be weary of presenting too much data, um, although our work is very data-informed. What's the, how do we visualize the data in a way for for people uh, to connect with it? But I, I think the biggest thing is is just getting everyone on the same page with what we're doing. And there's there's a quote I have up on my board that, um, everyone knowing the plan is the plan. Like it, it's it's harder than you think when you have a team for everyone to know what we're focusing on and be rowing in the same direction. So I would almost go to overkill. Back to basics. What are we doing? How are we doing it? How are we measuring it? And then let's celebrate the heck out of this thing because you know when when we win and when we fail, let let's celebrate at both of those uh, moments. And and I think that the, the other part I would just say is storytelling is really key in these types of meetings. I would almost always rather frame a subject with a story uh, or with a connection to my own life. We did a, a meeting where I work this week where we went. And uh, we were talking about where we're going the next year with a mentoring framework that we're using. And so we started that conversation. We put together a video of the past 25 years of mentoring at, at the university that I work at. And we had people send in pictures and old, we had old equipment that people still had, you know, the funny headsets that we used to have back in the day. And uh, I have every t-shirt we've given away in the last 10 years. And we put a video together with that. And so connecting the past in a visual kind of warm, fuzzy way really set the stage for us to say, this is what we've done. The core of that will never change. How we do it will always be evolving. So let's talk about what we're going to do this year. And like sometimes just connecting emotionally and connecting to the why helps you get even through some of the more technical parts of the presentation.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think connecting it to the why and kind of what's in it for me
0: is absolutely critical. If you can't connect a topic to one of those two things, you might not want to mention it in your meeting, or you yep. might not want to mention it in a big meeting. Maybe it's, maybe it's better for one-on-ones or, or some other venue. Um, one thing that I like to do Particularly in staff meetings, I've asked my staff, I like, you know, because I go to other meetings, I'm like, well, you know, and I get an update from customer service and I get an update from sales and I get an update from marketing and and other folks in the company. And I've asked my, and and sometimes I've taken those, those, um, meetings and distilled them into you know some bullet points to share in my staff meeting. And I've always thought it's like kind of boring stuff, like, oh, man, technical people don't really want to know about this. But I asked them one day, I said, well, do you guys really want to hear like these company updates? And they're like, oh, yes, yes, we totally want to hear about it. And I, I think that, I think we all, like all of us working in companies and organizations, we want to know what other folks are doing. And I, I think that's really important because it'll help prevent the sort of siloing of information and successes yeah. and wins and all that stuff. You want people to be in the know and aware. And I think most of us want to be in the know and aware, even though it might not affect directly our day-to-day jobs or you know things that we're doing uh, day in and day out. So I think that's really important. Include, uh, uh, even if it's brief, just a nice like company update that touches on other disciplines in your organization that aren't maybe represented in the meeting.
1: Yeah, and help connect the dots. This is why this is important to our group. And to me, it's always like if the topic is getting a little boring, I might find a way to make it more interactive. Okay, we're going to stop. We're going to break into groups of three. I want you to tell me what's a possible risk with this uh, initiative or this, or or how could, what's our advice on this initiative? I don't know. You can find fun ways to to do it or connect it to a personal story or, or something like that. People just long to hear stories, like, um, and it, it's a great way to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. I think kind of the last thing
0: that I... Try to try to do in my meetings um, that I think is kind of in this uh, uh, this vein of being informative is when I, it, we are, there's always opportunities for improvement and always experiments that we're doing to improve uh, our practice and and our mm-hmm. operations. I, I think what's really important if you are going to talk about an issue, if you are going to talk about an area of improvement, do that and contextualize it into steps that we are taking to. To improve it. Don't just say, oh, well, you know, here's these problems and we'll be talking about them and, you know, some future date or at all. Um, People, I think all of us like to know that, yeah, there are problems out there and leaders and and other folks are working really hard to address those and uh, giving people kind of that warm fuzzy like, oh, you know, you know, we got a problem, but we also have a plan. And uh, if you don't have a plan yet, I'd maybe hold off a
1: little bit on (laughs) sharing some of those problems. That's my advice. Or at least share what you're doing to get a plan. That's right. I I think the other part of that, when you're giving your steps, like your steps can't be like more than three. And, and if it is like you, it is a really complicated thing that you're working on with more than three steps. Let me just share the first step that we're going to start working on. Uh, just again, back to, there's an old saying, like people's hearts can only embrace what their butts can endure. So, you know, like, don't, don't feel like this is the only opportunity you're going to get to communicate it what's the most important thing they're going to get out of it and what's the next step. And we're going to keep you apprised along the way. And we're going to talk about this next month and next month and next month, you know? So, but yeah, if you you don't address an issue, then people will start to feel like you, maybe you don't know there's an issue that becomes a different, that's a good point. Yeah. You want to, you want to communicate that, Hey, you know, we've, we recognize that there are,
0: you know, the world is not perfect. Our world is not perfect and we're working to, to make it a
1: little bit better. And these are, a step or a few steps that we're taking, uh, to get there. Can I add an audible thing that yeah. that just popped to mind? Um, that it's not in our notes, but I think it's important is when something goes wrong, um, in a meeting, you know, some slides don't work. Microphones don't work. Someone says something stupid. You know, someone has a heart attack in the middle of the meeting. I'm just going to that embrace, but, um, just to roll with it. Like I've been in lots of meetings where something went wrong and then, the whole meeting became like about what went wrong rather than just like making a joke and moving on or, you know, just acknowledging what's what happened and then uh, moving on, like don't spend too much time apologizing when stuff doesn't go right. Just move on. Uh, Keep going.
0: All right. Last but not least, Casey, the last sort of fourth element of a great meeting is that it ought to be somewhat celebratory. It can't be all informative or it can't be all bad. It should not be all bad. It's got to have an element of celebration. And I think that's true for small meetings and big meetings.
1: Yeah, find something to celebrate, someone to celebrate. Like, even if it's like, hey, we are all here today rallying around this cause. Like, that may be your only celebration, but you better find one. That's right.
0: Well, and even if things are not great, you can say, hey, yeah. and I've said this a, a number of times in my career I, and I and I truly believed it like if anybody is going to solve this problem it's going to be us we're we're qualified we're motivated and and we're going to get there and it's going to be great and that that is a way I think of celebrating you've celebrated the team you've celebrated
1: who we are and what we can what we can contribute even if we're working to tackle a big problem yeah or even celebrate the agency to work on the problem you know how cool that we actually, this isn't set in stone, that that our efforts can make a difference in what we do. And we can design uh, different interventions or different things that we could go do. We are not a victim of fate here. You know, we can go, you know, your teams need to hear that. Yep. I
0: think it's also important when you are uh, informing or celebrating, call out individuals or teams Uh, people love that. Like they, you know, they, they, we all like hearing our names like, oh yeah, hey, I did a thing and it got noticed. They love or they uh, hate it. They love or hate it.
1: And the folks that hate it, we love to see them hate it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) It's like, oh, I know, I know Jacob hates this. Oh, it's so great. That's right.
0: (laughs) And it can't be like, uh, one, I've been in meetings before where the leader, like, Praised over and over like their right hand person. Don't praise your right hand person. Praise yeah. individual contributors. Praise people that don't typically get praised. Um, those are the those are the folks that are really uh, uh ripe, I would say, for for praise and adulation in these in these sort of contexts and these kind of meetings.
1: Yeah, nail on the head. Um this is actually a pet peeve of mine when I go to an all hands with like hundreds of people we're going to recognize a vice president today. It's like, no, don't recognize a vice president. Recognize the person that's actually doing in the trenches, doing that's the right. work every day. That's you right. Know? Don't recognize your peers
0: or, or, yeah. or your just direct underlings recognize people. Um, I mean, you can recognize them. I wouldn't, but you can recognize them and people yeah. that have worked for me will tell you I'm, I'm really bad at that. I recognize them in other ways. Uh, uh, I think it's more important to recognize, like I, like Casey said, individual contributors. And, uh, yeah. I, uh I, I have found that it pays dividends. Like, people people really appreciate um and and i think it's it's sometimes individual contributors that don't that don't that kind of get the short end of the praise stick oftentimes and uh i i think it's it's good to 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 not do that yeah they had to get the long end (laughs) that's a great idea all right casey anything else about celebration now we did do a whole episode on celebration i think it was episode six or seven um so yeah, go back and listen to that if you want some really great tips on uh, on celebration. We'll have a link there in the show notes. Um, yeah, anything else that comes to mind about making a meeting marvelous, Casey?
1: Yeah, I just think like uh, the other part is to focus on how you judge how a meeting went, and we talked a little bit about this. Watch the game tape, you know, rev- review what happened. Uh, an indicator for me is always how long people stick around after a meeting. If like it ends and people are like bolting for the door. You, you can tell they're exhausted, you know, they, they need to, to get out and then ask around, uh, find some trusted people. And I always found in any organization, there's some folks that'll tell you what everyone's thinking. Now, you usually, I, sometimes you avoid these people because they are so brutally honest, but soliciting some feedback on the meeting is a great idea. Absolutely.
0: And, and one thing to just kind of encourage people to stick around, especially if you're meeting in person is have some food and and drink
1: and, you know, let people give, give people kind of the opportunity to, to mingle after meetings. I'll give a pro tip here for a virtual meeting too. My boss is really great at that. If we have a meeting that's like four hour meeting, we'll get an email in the morning with a gift card to order food. And I think that's such a, just nice way to acknowledge, like we care about you, like order lunch on us, you know, and, uh, And then, and then break. You make sure you have time to break and eat, and just order it whenever you want. If you got to run to the door, that's no problem. But that's a good virtual way to connect uh, as well. That's great. Yeah. Uh, So, just to recap,
0: to make a meeting marvelous, it ought to be energizing, inviting, and inclusive, informative, and celebratory. And I found that if we, if if I work to incorporate these sort of four aspects. Uh, into my meetings. They go really well. They they I think on balance, like I've had more good meetings than bad meetings. And uh uh people uh have consistently given me feedback that uh they like going to the meeting and uh that that I, I think that's uh
1: that's really great. Yeah, that's terrific. And Jacob, this meeting with you today has been very energizing, inclusive, inviting, informative, and celebratory. So And if
0: you. it wasn't, I know you would tell me.
1: I would be the person I know you, you would be the me. person that would
0: that that would tell me otherwise. And happy
1: birthday, Jacob. Happy thank
0: birthday. you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, um, thank you all for listening. Uh if you would like to support the show, there is three ways you can do that. Uh, We have a Things We Like page on our website, leaderfables.com. If you buy anything there, we get a little kickback from Amazon, so thank you for that. You can join our newsletter also by going to leaderfables.com, or you can leave a review. Leaving a review is a great way to tell people about our wonderful episodes and encouragement and uh, tips and advice, so please consider leaving a review on iTunes. Or is it Apple Music now? One of those things. Apple Podcasts. That's what it is. All of them.
1: Go to every podcast All the above. player and leave a review.
0: All of the above. All right. Well, until next time, Casey, lead on. Lead on.